0: From Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict episode 260. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Storyworth. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Brad Dowdy and Brad Dowdy. I have a question for you.
1: Yes. What on earth is the Caveco King? <laughs> I think it's my new favorite pen, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is this thing? So, this was
0: sent in to us I, a few weeks ago, and I've just been <laughs> saving it for the right time. Sent in by How Many Pens at How Many Pens on Twitter. And this is at a website called welovepens.co.uk, which I've never come mm-hmm. across before. Um, mm-hmm. But they are selling something called the Kaveco King, which is a. Kaveco with, like, a tortoiseshell body, and it's got, like, a lever filling system and gold trim, and it comes in this box, this, like, special box with all these little swivelly sections,
1: and it's 1,000 pounds. But you left off the most important part. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's got a crown. I mean, it's the Kaveco oh, King. yeah,
0: look at that crown up there. Look at that. There's <laughs> a crown on the, on the cap.
1: <laughs> so ever since we got this link, every time I click it, I... Ha- I have laughed every time. It never gets old. This pen absolutely cracks me up. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think, I I legitimately think it's the crown. Like, if they didn't have the crown there, well, maybe they couldn't charge as much. But if they just had some other kind of special finial with, like, a crown emblem on there, it would look way better. And I don't know. I would never buy it. But... it's the most random thing ever. I guess it's a throwback to uh, their, I, it's just saying the filling system is one of their old, you know, they made lever fillers back in 1925. Okay. I don't know what purpose the King means. I don't know that they, that's a throwback. It's just like they wanted to say, Hey, hey we have the Kaveco King and there's 300 pieces of it. It's their, one of their limited edition models. I mean, okay. and they have some super I mean,
0: weird nibs as well. For these. Yeah,
1: I don't know what an S stub and a K nib. Well, okay, is. the K
0: nib oh. has a ball pointed tip and is one point two millimeter broad and rotund. The S stub <laughs> nib is a one point three millimeter broad flat ground tip.
1: Okay, so the K nibs a standard broad; it's just very wide. Yeah, uh, or rotund. Rotund. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never heard of descript- a nib description uh, being rotund. I'm very familiar with the word rotund. <laughs> Um, but not, not in a nib description before.
0: So oh dear.
1: this is just like a big, big broad nib. And then the S is a stub nib. So 1.3. I basically, stub I could nib. call myself a stub man now,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, I'm a little yes. rotund. Uh,
1: I, I'm, yeah, I'm a stub. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got nothing. I, okay. So yeah, I don't know when or where or why this the exists. Why the why is the thing, thing for me. Like,
0: why did they make this? Yeah. Like, the, the, the page doesn't say anything, right? Like, if it was, like, some kind of anniversary or, or something, but, like, the, this page, I'm going to see if I can try and find this answer out now because I'm interested. Mm. The caveco so limited Edition.
1: So while you're looking, they had two of these pens, and they've sold one of them because only one is available. Someone bought it. So someone bought it.
0: All right. I can't find any reason why this pen exists like okay. I'm looking around even on Kaveco's website and stuff like there's there's nothing it's just it just is
1: yeah so there was a limited edition Kaveco that was 4 or 5 years ago came out I saw on JetPens had them it was a celluloid like sport size pen and this one's actually a stunner, and I never bought it because it was like six hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. for a pocket pen, essentially with a gold broad gold nib. But now this is a pen I could get behind. Like this is a stunner for me. And yeah, jet pins had them, and they they had them for years because they were so expensive and never sold. But I guess they slow so slowly sold them one at a time over a period of a few years. If it was still available now, I'd I'd have to consider it. But it it was like six hundred fifty bucks, and it was it was crazy. But this pen as far as cavaco limited editions this is this is one that was stunning um and I, i've never seen one in person um hopefully you know maybe i will one day and it'll probably be too expensive but this is a great looking pen i think but uh the king ooh yeah I, I i i got nothing on the the Kaweka king that's all you you're you're much more royal than i am but something,
0: that, a pocket pen that you do have some affinity for mm-hmm. is the Bexley Pocket Pro. Yeah. Where has
1: this come from? Uh, Bexley. I don't, I'm not familiar with Bexley. So they're, they're, yeah, so they're a US pen manufacturer, one of the remaining few, uh, if there is actually more than one, I don't even know. But they're a US pen manufacturer based in Ohio, and they, they've been around for a long time. I don't own any of their pens previously. Uh, I take that back. I do have a a sleeve filler that's uh, pretty cool that um Lisa Van S sent me once, and I did review it. It was actually a very nice pin, really pretty materials, and they always use really good materials in all their pens, and I've looked at one or two of their pens at various pin shows. I've never have come away with one, and we've reviewed a couple of different models on the blog as well. But I saw this one caught my eye at the Atlanta Pin show. I was walking by um federal federalist pins. And I saw this sitting, this short pen, pocket pen sitting there. And I was like, oh, that's a cool acrylic. And I picked it up and started talking to Frank. He's like, what is this? And he's like, this is something Bexley just came out with. It's a pocket pen. And I picked it up and looked at it. And the shape and feel and design and size of it is all really, really good. It did remind me of the Kaveco Sport, the art series with the acrylics. And it's in that price point. It's like $100. But the different thing about this pen is it has a number six nib. So it has a large nib in a pocket size and it has a converter that actually works, which uh, you, you very much enjoyed. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause I still look at the converter and I'm like, mm, look at all that wasted space. So yeah. why does this one work where like a Kaveco one,
1: the Kaveco ones, I could never get the seal right to pull like even like a quarter of a fill into it with this Bexley converter. It's just, I don't know, if they call it a pull filler? I'll have to look at the name. I wrote it down. I can't remember it. It, um, it pulled in like three quarters of a fill in the converter on the first shot. And I was like, oh, that's really good. So it's the first time I've used a mini converter that has actually pulled in any usable quantity of ink. Hmm. The only gotcha is there's no tightness in the post, right? So if you bump the post when you're putting it back in the pen or hit it with your hand or something you can you can shoot the ink out the nib but i mean that's a that's just going to happen i mean there's nothing no way around that but it's really good i'm pleasantly surprised with it kind of shocked it comes in 5 different colors the black one looks really neat i might pick that one up for myself i'm giving this one away i gave this one away on the blog and i don't know it was enough there and enough goodness to catch my eye and to want to write about it because i felt like it was uh, in a really good category good price point and differentiated itself enough from what else is there to be a very very good pen.
0: yeah the the thing about the, the the converter like you you would definitely get more ink if you used like a long cartridge right
1: well, no, you have to use a short cartridge. You
0: go and take a short? Like, there, Is there not like a long mm-hmm. style at the International?
1: Or is it just... It would, yeah, there is, there is, but it's not going to fit this pen, uh, just like Kavakos. Okay.
0: Yeah, because it's just like, I look at it, like I look at the picture of everything yeah. taken apart, and it's like 50% of the barrel is the plunge end of the converter. Right, right. right. Which is like a, a tricky thing.
1: Yeah. So, it's a good pen. I, I, I want to see them, like, push this line and expand it, I think that's probably going to help Bexley out, you know, getting their name out there and get people, you know, familiar with the brand. I I just think it's a really, really good quality pen. It feels great. It's wonderful to use. The nib is fantastic. I like having the bigger nib. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting looking pen. It's got like a cool old school style. I I think Mm -hmm. it's frustrating to me that, that, that like they have a clip, but the clip comes off. Like, I think that's frustrating, especially with like a pocket pen because yeah. you're tri- clipping them to your pocket. Like, the Kaveka ones used to drive me crazy, but they were after market, right? Like, you would buy them separately and add them. Um, but, like, yeah. you know, every other pen that you have... Well, not every other pen, but, like, two of the other pens that you have in your lineup here are the pictures of them. I mean, I know that these yeah. are not really available to everyone. What is it? You've got the... What's the name of that sailor?
1: Oh, the Mini Sapporo.
0: Yeah, and then you've got, like, an M90. <laughs> so, like, you know, <laughs> maybe that's well, saying uh, something, but...
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's just common-sized pocket pens. But they have... You know, what I'm lily, saying Lily put Sport...
0: Those two have clips on them that are fixed. Correct. Right? Where the Kavecos yep. and the Bexley, they, they're not fixed. And, and I find an unfixed clip on a pocket pen to be kind of frustrating.
1: Absolutely a cost thing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, yeah I to it. keep that price in that ring. I would actually, if I had... This pen, you know, I'll probably end up getting one. I'll I'll remove the clip, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I feel like if you've got to add it, then you might as well not have it because you're not gonna get out of it mm-hmm. what you wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. But what's funny is the lily put, I do keep my clip on because that thing is rock solid. It is not moving at all, which I'm very happy about.
0: That might be because it's metal on metal, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than yeah, metal on can... acrylic plastic.
1: Yep, agreed.
0: Cause I feel like all that I see is that it just wants to pop off that thing, you know.
1: Right. Yep, so, yeah, I, I, w- I want to see what they do with this line because I think they have something here. It looks good, and it works great.
0: All right, should we take a break? We should. I want to thank Pen for supporting this week's episode. You, look, you know Pen Come on. If you don't, what are you doing? They have all of the pens you're looking for. They have pens and refills and carrying cases and everything. Everything that you're looking for from all of your favorite brands. penchalet have fantastic prices and... Twice a month, they do great special discounts. They have closeout specials every two weeks. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the US. They sell internationally with great shipping rates. They sell all of the stuff that you're looking for at great prices with great shipping options. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Penchalet also have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If something's wrong, if you don't like it, they will take care of it. Penchalet are a great supporter of this show. And so, you know, I just want everybody to know that they should be going to Penchalet first. You've got a pen that you're looking for, go to Penchelet and see if they have it. Because you can get 10% off anything at Penchalet at any time. You just go to P E N C H A L E T P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict. That is where you will find the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Penchalet, along with this week's special offer. And we have another one, Brad, where we can't talk about it.
1: Top Secret Ron. Just, that's going to be his middle name from mm-hmm. now on.
0: Mm-hmm. Private Eye Ron of Penchale. He's put another little offer up on there, which we're not allowed to talk about right now. So if you want a chance to grab this week's great deal, and these ones tend to go real quick, go and see it for yourself by going to penschale.com. You click that podcast link at the top of the website and the password PenAddict, to get all of the info that you need. Thank you so much to PenChalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. It really means a lot to us. Thank you PenChalet.
1: So you uh you dropped this next topic uh on me. This was mm-hmm. a big surprise mm-hmm. here and I I had to scramble a little bit. I had to rack my brain. So tell me what's going on here. Well, it wasn't that big of a surprise. Cause I told you about it last week, but you know
0: Mm. Whatever. yeah, we're, we're in the vortex Whatever. of time here, everyone. Uh, <laughs> the Top five pens, 2017 edition, is what we're going to talk about today. Um, this was recommended to us by, I'm going to say, Mahuika. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Yeah, I would go with that. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. Because they were listening back to the old episodes of The Pen Addict, and they pointed me towards episode 19 and episode 20. We're on these episodes... You spoke about your top five pens, and then I spoke about my top five pens. We did things very differently back in the day, where we would split mm-hmm. that over two episodes. You know, I was talking last time about cliffhangers. That's that was that's a really big cliffhanger. That's like as big as a cliffhanger you can go.
1: <laughs> right, because we'd only go about 30 minutes maybe or so. Yeah, they're about 30 minutes. We we, mm-hmm. we
0: doubled the episode length over time. Um, I hope that you're <laughs> happy with that, everybody. Um, so on episode 19, you unveiled your top five pens, and they were... The Vanishing Point, the Pilot Vanishing Point, the Moleskine Classic Rollable Pen, the Pilot High Tech C, the Sakura Pigma Micron, and the Kaveco AL Sport.
1: That's a pretty good list. I'm not going to lie. Are you happy that with that list? That holds list holds up. I'm very happy with that list.
0: So here's the thing, right? I'm going to talk about my list in a minute as well. But, uh, you have something in your list that is interesting to me where I'm the same for all but one of the pens that's in my current top five. Mm -hmm. I think if you took the value of all of the pens in your episode 19 top five list and added Mm -hmm. it together, Mm -hmm. it would still be less money than any single pen that you choose (laughs) from your 2017 list. without question and i am that for all but one of my picks is will be the same
1: yeah so this is a the episode 19 list is awesome it it completely holds up my list today is vastly different like in a huge way Mm -hmm. huge way but i want to talk about this old list mike you know the vanishing point is still awesome i love that pen i have several of them The Moleskine Classic Roller would get more play if they didn't discontinue their refills. That's why it was such a good pen, is because they had these .5 gel refills that were fantastic. And they became impossible to get. And so that pen's just gone by the wayside. It's still a great pen. The refills are impossible to hunt down. The Pilot High C, I still use. I just happen to use it in the Pen Type B barrel. The Secura Pigma Micron is... At hand all the time because it's the one of the best um, drawing you know marker pens and the kaveco AL Sport I use constantly so these are these are all great pens I'm really happy with these choices they they hold up now the next my neck my current top five it's not going to relate to this list at all <laughs> it's kind of scary in any way. yeah it's <laughs> not in any way shape or form but that's the hard thing about this because that doesn't invalidate the old list. It's just my top five. I mean, I could pick fifty different pens, right? Also, that depending on depending on my needs, uh-huh. are going to be the right choice. So there's
0: two fountain pens on that list, two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is also very different to your current list as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So we'll get to those in a minute, but let's talk about my top five: uh, the Retro Fifty One Tornado, the Pilot Vanishing Point. The Lamy Safari, the High Tech C and mm-hmm. the Caveco Classic Sport. So I would say again, I'm happy with that list because yeah, because this is the thing, right? Is like it depends where you are in your journey. If you are 20 weeks into your pen addict life, like I was, it's a pretty solid list, right? <laughs> yeah. And where we are now, things have just scaled. So the Retro Fifty One. <laughs> Right, like That has been in my top five lists forever, um, and it will probably continue to be until the end of time. Uh, the vanishing point, the pilot vanishing point, I have fell out of love with that pen dramatically over the time, and I think I was kind of blinded by my price investment. Mm-hmm. It was like the most that expensive happens. pen that I'd ever bought by a factor of three, and I think that forced me and my mind to love it more than I did because it was just not comfortable for me to use but I tried to ignore it you know mhm um, sure. but it is a fantastic pen it's just not for my writing style for my grip style the clip gets in the way i have seen and i saw some at Atlanta of the the vanishing points that have the clip removed yeah and i do find it's an intriguing prospect but i feel like i've 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 maybe moved up a gear like since then where to feel like i maybe wouldn't use a vanishing point that often so like, mm. I, I'm just not interested in putting the investment in. But if a, if you really want a vanishing point in your life, getting the clip removed by someone who can do that or buying one that way, if it's uncomfortable for you, it's a, it's a good, it's a good way to deal with it, right? Because I tried it out and it was great. I mean, and the vanishing point that works for me the most is the one that Jeff gave me, like the classic one, the clip is like way lower profile, and I can use that right. comfortably. All right, and uh, Lamy Safari, right? Like I still recommend this pen. Like I've been using a Lamy Safari recently <laughs> again because oh, really? I have got, got
1: the petrol, right? Okay, And I've yeah, been yeah, using yeah.
0: it. Like I, it's a great pen. Right? Like it a, is. It's just a great pen. It's a great pen. The High Tech C Colito is a really interesting pick for me because I do not like the High Tech C, but I don't like the High Tech hmm. C body. I like the Calito. Right. The Calito is the multi pen. And I had like 10 really bright colors that I got from jet pens or something, or however many mm. it takes. And I love that little guy. I've still got it. I've got a couple of them now, actually, because I bought a couple over time. I've still got it's them. It's still in...
1: probably the best multi pen oh, going Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. It's my favorite multi pen that I've ever owned. It's a great little pen. And then the Kaveco Classic Sport. I have, you know, I have a great affinity for the Kaveco brand and, and the, the sport because it was, you know, a great pen early on for me, but I, I don't really use them anymore, right? And then they go ahead and do something like make the Koveco King, which, by the way, Mem in the chat room has pointed out that Koveco King debuted in 2006 and they still haven't sold all 300 of them.
1: <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news, we're 11 years behind discovering the Koveco King.
0: And do you know where that information came from, Brad? Where, Michael? dot wiki Yeah, yeah, it did. So... Love it. It's getting filled up. So that was my that was my top five uh back many, many years What year was this? Oh my god, I'm terrified to look at this. Two thousand and twelve, Brad. June two thousand and twelve. We're five years from doing wow. that. It was June twenty first, two thousand and twelve. So we're just I'm still just shy.
1: Yeah, I'm still I'm still happy with this list though. Like I could if I I could come up with this list today and and be really really happy with it,
0: it is. So I mean, both of these lists for us, they are solid lists. <laughs> yeah. they're just not yeah. where our tastes are anymore.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> the, the the huge but is coming up. Now things are different, right? Yeah,
0: we have expensive tastes. We're, we're men of expensive yeah. tastes now. Do you want to? Should we? Uh, do you want to go through these all you or me, or do you want to do five, four, three, two, one?
1: Let's do all of one. All right, you should go first then. All right. Number 5 for me, the Aurora Optima. It's probably the newest pen on my list and I bought it last year, but it's still I think the the most recent purchase of the 5 pens I have on this list and it's one of those pens that just feels like it's made for me. The way it fits my hand, the way it writes, the way it looks. It looks like if I was designing a pen, this is what I would come up with and i i just adore the pen um so i i i always want it inked up i can't put it down number 4 is the sailor king of pens pro gear sky now, this one's kind of gone up and down in my ranks and it has kind of rocketed up the chart it, i learn a lot about my pens the longer i own them the and the more i want them inked up tells me what I think about the pen and the sailor king of pens is a pen. I always want to have inked up because it's an enjoyable writer. It's a big chunky pen. It looks cool. Um, it's a demonstrator, just like the Optima, which is a style that I love. And it has a, a out of my entire list, it has the widest nib, which is a Japanese medium nib.
0: Almost a um, weapon but, that,
1: that nib. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge nib. It's great. I, I just absolutely adore that pen. It's uh, it's 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 mandatory pretty much to be inked up. Same with my number three pen, which is the Pilot Custom Eight Twenty Three. This pen was a revelation when I bought it last year. At some point, I got the nib ground to a fine Curse of Italic. I bought a stock fine Japanese nib and got it ground, so it's a wonderful fine sharp writer. I love looking at it. It's, you know, another demonstrator, which is obviously something I'm a huge fan of. The Why do you think that is, Brad? It's just an aesthetic thing that appeals to me. It's not that I can see the insides. It's not like, ooh, I can see the insides. It's that, ooh, that looks cool. Like, that's a style I like. I like seeing the color of the ink on the inside. I like seeing the parts. I don't know. It's just something I've always enjoyed. I, I don't know that I could put my finger on the Why? Of it, but um, it's always appealed to me, and uh, yeah, and it will probably never stop appealing to me. And uh, the 823 is probably the pen I would recommend the most out of this top five list to people looking to upgrade to a real, you know, a more expensive, wonderful writing pen. Mm. Um, it's a it's a big jump, but it's probably one of my number one most recommended pens. Number two is the Pilot Murex, again. It's a pen I always have to have inked up because it's such an enjoyable writer. I keep it with um, one of my no- one of my notebook holders that we're testing out for knock because it's a great note writer. It's a fine nib. The style and the story behind that pen um, mean a lot to me. And it's just a fantastic writer. Fits my aesthetic, fits my style. And none more so than my number one, the Nakaya Portable, which is the... Big Nakaya that I bought a few years ago. It's still my favorite pen. Is I that love the kind the of black. like
0: dark black
1: green one? Yep. Yeah, okay. It's the first one. It's the first and still the favorite. It's black. Uh, the finish is called A.O. Tamanuri. It's a bluish green um, under color you see like on the edges and things like that. It's fan- fantastic nib. Probably the best nib I own. It's just an amazing comfortable perfectly designed well-made beautiful pen um so yeah from the top i have the nakaya portable the pilot murex the pilot custom 823 sailor king of pens pro gear and the aurora optima um if those are the only 5 pens i own i'd be pretty happy so that that that's my list these days definitely a big change from 5 years ago
0: so the Murex, I remember, came from uh, your real original experience with it. Came from Thomas Hall with the fountain pen education series that you did. Was that the only one from that list?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this is the exact pen from that list. Thomas oh, really? gifted me that pen. Oh, yep. that guy. So this pen means a lot to me. Yeah. It's a, it, and not only that, I mean, it's an ex, it's just an exquisite pen, but uh, so yeah.
0: It's what do you when you look at that list? Like, what, how do you feel about it?
1: It makes me smile. Okay. Because I've discovered things that fit me. Yeah. These are not pens I recommend to people. These are pens that are perfect for me. Mm -hmm. These are Brad. These are Brad pens. This is my list. The pens that work for me from a functionality, from an aesthetic, from a story. You know, this is all about me. This is a me list up and down. And it makes me smile. Like I look at that list and say, I don't need any other pins with those. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, but, um, I could be, you know, done with pins forever and have some of the best pins I will ever use in my life. You know, I'll say it today, knowing that five years from now, it'll bite me in the butt, but I don't know what's going to jump these pins because like I said, none of these pins Were acquired this year.
0: What about the Aurora Optima?
1: That was last year. I bought it at DC last year. That's the most recent pen. So the number, the Optima, the King of Pens, and the Eight Twenty Three were all bought last year. The Murix was given to me a few years ago, and the Nakaya Portable, I think, was twenty fifteen. So that makes me happy. You know that I've found the pens for me. This is these are my pens, and I, I think it's great.
0: My pen list is different in yours to yours in mm-hmm. that regard that I have a couple of entries in here that are new um but for good reason. So, sitting at number 5 for me is the Retro 51 Tornado cuz mm-hmm. it will just always be there. And right now my favorite of my tornadoes is my BioWorks Vanessa Artist Series edition.
1: That's such a freaking good. I pen.
0: can't believe that there are still some available. Like <laughs> why? Are there any available? Go buy that pen. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um then at number four is my Canalea pen. My uh my Canalea pen company, uh Maui Makai, is just I love this pen. I love to look at it, I love to hold it, I love to pick it up, I love to play around with it. Um it is just just superb. Like it feels great to hold, it looks great. Like I think it is probably like for me, for my aesthetic, it's the best looking pen that I own. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is just—it's just fantastic. It's just absolutely fantastic. Like I—I've got it in my hands right now, and and talking yeah. about it whilst also being kind of speechless about it, as I always am.
1: Yeah, it's—it's it's an absolute stunner. You have one of the best Canaleas i I've ever seen. Like you're the one that you own is one of my single favorite ones that I've that I've held and tested and written with. They're all amazing, but yours has that little little something extra.
0: Yeah, it's it really is just it's absolutely superb and I love using it. Um and I love just displaying it. Like it is it's a real art piece as well as a pen. And I have a couple of pens like that yep. now that I consider to be that. You know, one is my Sky at night the the Brooks Sky at night pen. Like they mm. those two, they sit on my desk just next to each other right they're not even in like pen holders or anything they just sit there as like these yeah. two little pieces of art that sit on my mm-hmm. desk because that's how I consider them
1: yeah speaking of which talking
0: about Jonathan Brooks my number 3 pen is my Jonathan Brooks Arushi Addict special edition oh, so the one that a he gave pen. us at lantern. there's a couple of reasons for this i mean one it's great to look at right like it's a real stunner um it performs fantastically um i don't know the nib like, I don't know where the nib came from. Like, I don't
1: know who makes it. Um, I think he uses Jovo, but I'm not sure. But yeah, they're great. But it's
0: perfect for me. It's like, it's a broad, and but it's a real comfortable mm. broad. It's a smooth broad. It's not crazy. Um, like, mm. it's not super wet. It doesn't lay down, like, huge lines. It's really, really comfortable to use. And I like it a lot, and... You know, it's a couple of things about it. One, it's you know, the only Arushi pen that I own, right, which is a big deal, and I love it for that. And it has a a huge sentimental value to me, like massive, right. massive.
1: Um, yeah, if there's like, a pen that's gonna jump in my list, it's probably gonna be that one because I love the shape. The shape is a lot like my Nakaya portable, and the look and finish of it is just stunning. It's a great it
0: it just it means so much to me on so many different levels right exactly. like one that it's a gift and, and two like why it's a gift and what it makes me realize about how far we've come and like it just it really like that this pen says more about the pen addict than maybe anything else that i own it's it's a really kind of a, it's a very very special pen to me plus it's incredible like all jonathan brooks pens um I see a future where I only use his pens. <laughs> like I, <laughs> you know, like uh, like Jonathan Brooks Material pen material is taking up two of my top 5.
1: Right? right. And it's kind of a shock that you didn't have the sky at night on there as much as you use that pen to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but you can only pick 5. It
0: didn't go on there because the Urushi was going on there, and it became really yeah. difficult because it was like <laughs> I can't put the re- pu- push the Retro Fifty One out, like I can't do that, right. and the that connection. would have been the only way to get it on this list. Right. So I gave it a special mention, but I went with one Brooks pen. I mean, I'm very confident that as soon as my Newton pen arrives, there's gonna be mm-hmm. there's gonna be a difficult day in Mega Office where I have to decide which which pen it pushes out. I mean that mm-hmm. is Jonathan Brooks primary manipulation. I can't remember what version it is with new I mean I don't know when I'm getting that pen, but like I feel yeah. like I'm already counting down the days even though I don't know when the
1: finish line is. I'm so excited. I try not to think about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you getting that pen cuz I'm I'm pretty jealous on it. And yeah, it it's it's just great looking great material.
0: So, number two, there shouldn't be anybody's surprise considering my glowing review on the last episode. It's my Sailor Pro gear. And, you know, I, I think that the prior three pens on this list are better looking and looks are a big thing for me with my favorite pens. Like I, I like the aesthetics, like many of us do, but I really go for that, especially in the last 18 months or so. I've become, you know, we've spoken about this on the show, I've become really focused on Interesting aesthetic to my pens, right like mm-hmm. these these beautiful acrylics right like that's kind of what my taste is now, but the pro gear, the color's so good, and it performs so well, like I'm using it again today it's flaw it's flawless this pen is flawless like it it has never given me any trouble where every other pen on my list has in some way mm-hmm. right like it's just at some point I had to do something to it. Or at some point it like spat out a bit of ink, right? Like every other one of my pen on this list has done that. My Pro Gear is the one of all of them that I've used the most and it has never given me any problems. It is perfect every time. I never have to do anything to get it started, which is the thing that surprises me the most. That pen is ready to go always, which is, I think, pretty rare for a lot of fountain pens. You know, like you might need to give them a little bit of a scribble, right? You might need to... to, to, wet the nib or something right to kind of get it going a little bit if you don't use it every day. But I can leave that Pro Gear for a month and not touch it, and it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, a truly special pen. No argument for me. It's an awesome pen. But my number one, and I think it's going to be real hard for something to knock this, is the Pilot M90. So... I would say, like, from a reliability perspective, the closest thing that I have to the Pro Gear is the M90. Mm-hmm. It is, every now and then, it needs a little bit of a kickstart, right, to, to get mm-hmm. it running. But this is not a new pen, right? Was Were these made in 1990?
1: No. This was a, uh, a cin, not centennial, but it, it was the 90th a, anniversary right. of the pilot. But as a remake of the Mayu from the 70s, and this one was like 2012 ish, 2014, somewhere around there. Someone will correct me. It's not a new pen,
0: right? Like it is, it is, it's been, they made
1: 9,000 of them in like, yeah, like 2012, something like that. And what I love about the
0: Pilot M90 in contrast to the other pens on my list, I feel like if you were to, so you know when you when you're cooking, right? And mm-hmm. you are making a sauce.
1: Mm-hmm. For blue apron.
0: F- f- maybe.
1: Okay. <laughs> Where did Just I checking. learn
0: these skills, we'll see. <laughs> and you re- you're making you're reducing the sauce, right? Mm-hmm. So you're taking a sauce, you're reducing the sauce. You have all the ingredients and you're reducing it to to perfect it, right? To make it mm-hmm. into something like it's this big liquid and you're reducing it. The pilot M90 is the reduction of fountain pens. Mm. Like, it is the most pure fountain pen because it's all one piece.
1: You just blew my mind. Thank you.
0: Mm. There's no, like, you unscrew the end, put a cap in, but that's it. There's There's no step. There's no grip. It's just one piece. It is, it's like a piece of modern art it is an absolutely fantastic pen that is so good looking and so daring in what it does that it shouldn't work but it does it's also one of the most comfortable best performing pens that i have ever used
1: right yeah it it, it doesn't just work it works better than almost any pen too
0: yeah it the, uh, and it doesn't make any sense. It's not like to you're me. Ma-
1: you're not making sacrifices for writing. It's like exquisite
0: because you should be right for mm-hmm. something so daring in its design. Right to take the the, the nib. If you're not aware that nib and the body are one piece. It is is aluminium. I guess it's aluminium, right? Uh, I don't even know whatever material remember. it's made out of. I apologize. I haven't looked. I think up. it's steel. No, I think it's, probably it's just steel. Probably steel. Right. It's all one piece. So the nib is just the end of the body of the pen. That shouldn't It shouldn't work, right? Like you look at it and you're like, how? How does this even work? Let alone provide one of the most comfortable writing experiences you'll ever have. And it is heartbreaking to me that you can't buy this pen. I think mm. it is a travesty from Pilot that they don't make a pen like this. So the pilot Murex and the pilot M90 are from the same family. So Brad's number two and my number one. And there is another pen in that family called the Mayu.
1: Well, that's what the M90 is based off of. Great. The Uh, M90 is not the original name. The Mayu is the original name. Yeah. The M90 was the anniversary edition.
0: The M90 is my actually my favorite of the three, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I like the pureness of it. You know, like The Murex, I don't like the lines on the grip, although it's nice. There's a striped one as well, right? Which I think is like a different yeah, yeah. design. Yeah, it's just of all one in the same family. But the, the fact that Pilot don't make a pen that looks like this anymore and sell it for like $600 just blows my mind.
1: Right. These were all done in the seventies, the original models from like seventy one to nineteen eighty, this whole grouping of pins was in that range. And it's just some of the best design pins and best functioning pins that I've ever used, ever tried. And obviously, um they resonate with Mike and I because we both have them very high on this list. It's just like if Pilot, if you're listening,
0: like please Make one. You know, people talk about uh the E ninety five. Someone's mentioned it in the chat room and I've seen that before. Yeah. Which is the closest, I guess, to this design. Because right. there it looks kind of like it, but the nib is not is not, not made integrated. of the body. Right. Yeah, it's not integrated. Yeah, it's
1: inset. It's inset, so it's based off the pilot elite. Um, and it's an awesome pin in its own right. It just doesn't have the integrated nib. It's got the same general shape, mm-hmm. but it's got a plastic barrel and a non-integrated nib.
0: And that's not what makes it special. What makes these pens special is is this one piece. And I show this pen to people, like people that don't like pens, and they're like, mm-hmm. whoa. Right? They're, this pen yeah. blows people away because it doesn't look real it's just superb right like i could i could spend another 45 minutes talking about my love of the pilot m90 and <laughs> also for me as well it's a similar thing like i bought this pen in new old stock which just breaks people's heart for an absolute bargain from the wonderful thomas hall the the pusher of the pilot line i think cuz you got yours from him i got mine from him um, yep. And he, got, he gave me this thing for a steal because he was doing me a great deal because he wanted me to have it because he's lovely, um, mm. and you know I think we kind of came to an agreement that like if I'm buying this pen I'm using this pen, right? And these top these number one and two the ProGear and the M90 I use these the most. I actually do think that the Pilot M90 tends to edge it out because for what I'm using my pens for a lot of the time it's perfect, right? Like it's this small, low profile thing doesn't cause me any hassle. It's got a I post it as I post all the pens that I use when I'm recording so they don't roll away from me and make sound on the desk. Right, So like the clip yeah. stops them from rolling away. It's perfect. It's just sublime. And I put um, pilot cartridges in it. Purple is what I use in this pen. Yeah. Just to give it that little bit of extra flair. And, it's great. Uh, it's a perfect match. Love this pen. Love this pen. I can tell. So our lists are very different. And, and honestly, I wonder what our lists will be like in five years' time.
1: Well, let's not wait that long. We yeah, should do this more frequently
0: we do. I, I feel like we've we've yeah. The yeah, last time that we, we, we did this wasn't least. those episodes. We probably do this like without tradition, probably once a year, you know. Because mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. update your uh, top five on the website, and that usually will prompt me to to bring it up. But it was it was getting these tweets this time that made me yeah. want to bring it up. But I'm yeah, very perfect. very happy with my top five. I feel like now more than ever. My top five is really a representation of my tastes, where maybe in previous years, I've had to struggle a little bit more to fill some of the gaps. But this year, I was struggling for what to include, mm-hmm. um, which has been different to other years. Like, other years, like there'll be at least one pen that I've kind of just thrown in. You know, like, I love my Pelican, right? But it was usually was that one, right? Or, like, right. my Lamy two thousand. Or, like, they would get on the list, where I don't really use them that much. But, like, all of these pens, these top five, I use them almost daily. Because, like, what I'll do is, this is just getting really nerdy now, but, like, my main use of my fountain pens these days is to write the little notes that I need when we're recording. And I also doodle with them whilst we're recording and stuff like that. That's how I get a lot of use out of my pens these days, is just to have them with me for when I'm recording my shows, which is the the big thing that I do. But I take, like, Depends with the really crazy nibs on them and stuff. Like, so I've got like my Sky at Night, which has a music nib, or I have, mm. you know, the big broad nib on the Arushi pen. I write like headings for my notes with those. Mm. And then the actual notes that I'm taking when we're recording, which is usually just timestamps of things that I need to edit, that's when I use something a bit more regular, you know, the Pro yeah. Gear or the N90 or a Retro 51 for that. So that's, that's kind of the big use of my pens. I am still toying with bullet journaling. I'm like dipping mm-hmm. my toe in um as a way to solve a bunch of different problems in my life including the usage of my pens.
1: Right. So we should talk about that in a couple of weeks.
0: Once I've once I've begun I want to talk about mm-hmm. it. But like I'm still okay. kind of just like dipping my toe in. I got the book that uh that Ryder sent us and I've put some stickers mm-hmm. on it, right? To are kind of like okay, you put <laughs> stickers on it now so it's real. Um yeah, uh, and I downloaded the app and I'm going to spend some time. I've got I've been over some of the system, and, but I haven't started doing it yet. So that that's for later. Okay. All right, should we do some ask
1: TPA? Yeah, yeah, we've got a a bunch of questions. We'll see what we can get to here.
0: All right, I want to talk about a new sponsor first, Brad.
1: Yeah, please.
0: And again, this is a very good timely sponsor. So this week I want to talk to you about story worth. But first, allow me to set a scene for you. So think about family gatherings. So when everybody's together and you're all around the table and everyone's a little merry and people start to tell stories and it can be reminiscing on things or you learn something about your grandma that you never knew before. Like these are the kinds of stories that when you hear them, you want to keep them. And this is what StoryWorth is all about. It is the easiest way to collect and share your family stories. They make it easy and enjoyable for you and your loved ones to share life stories. They send weekly emails, story prompts, and questions that you might not think to ask. Then at the end of the year, once all the questions have been collected, you'll get these stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. It's a sleek book with a black and white interior, a color cover, includes up to 480 pages and it's full of the memories of a loved one. This means that you and the people that you care about in your life can preserve memories and even pass the book on to the future generations in your family. Here's how StoryWorth actually works. You buy a subscription for someone important to you and each week StoryWorth sends them an email of a question about their life. They also have an app as well so you can choose to get them by Bush notification. You can just write the answers into the app that they have. They can then either email them back or they can record it. You can actually record it by audio. And after a year, these stories will be bound into a beautiful book for them to keep. StoryWorth is a great way to learn more about someone. The questions are designed to evoke entertaining, surprising, and moving responses. And story worth is also a great way of staying in touch with family members who may live a little further away than you'd like. Like it encourages dialogue between you and somebody else. With Storyworth, you can write stories, you can upload photos by email on the web or in their app. You can share them with as many people as you want. You can just invite them by email so people will see the stories as they're being recorded. You can save and edit them all on storyworth.com, and all of your data is secure and private by default. So you get to control who will see these stories. So I've actually been filling this out myself. Like, this is a fantastic gift, but it's also a way for maybe you to collect some stuff. Like, I've tried journaling in the past, but never really know what to write. But this is isn't necessarily journaling about like what's happened in the day. So your day or the day of that person, it's like things in their life. So like it was asking me about one of the questions I had was what type of vacations did I take when I was a kid? And it reminded me of these holidays that I would take with my nan and my mom. And we'd go down to the seaside to like this place that was like 45 minutes away from home or an hour or two away from home. But it felt like a million miles away, like when I was a kid and it was really funny to think of stuff like that and it and it's made me think about like what could my grandparents want to say in something like this and how nice it would be to have something like this of my granddad right like I wish I would have thought of something like that before you know beforehand and had something for him. So this is a fantastic gift. If you're looking for a last-minute gift for someone, or a thoughtful gift, StoryWorth is perfect for somebody that you care about. could be a great idea for Father's Day, which is just around the corner. So now is the time to place your order. Listeners of this show can get $20 off their subscription by going to storyworth.com slash penaddict. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash penaddict. That's $20 off. When you go there, Storyworth, a new way to bring the family together. Thank you to Storyworth for their support of this show.
1: That sounds really cool. I'm going to have to share this with my wife because she does one of those annual photo album things, right? So it's she that does something every year to yeah. keep it. And this would be an even better way to expand on that. Mm-hmm. So I like it. All right, let's hit up some ask tpa mike we have a a grab bag of questions here and some are actually relating to uh some of the topics we talked about in this episode but i want to take this one first from the ink sampler is it proper pen show etiquette to haggle with the vendor when purchasing a fountain pen so this is not a black and white answer you there's no one answer for this new Vendors that, or that sell modern goods, modern pens, you generally aren't going to be able to haggle any prices on those. They're somewhat fixed. You know, if you buy a few different things from a, the same vendor, they might give you a break on the totality of your order. But in general, an individual, modern, new pen, you're not going to be able to haggle the price on. Vintage pens are a little bit of a different story, but I never go into it with the haggle up front. You know, I want to have a conversation with the vendor. If it's something I really like, I kind of let them know. And then I'll ask, do you have any room in this price? And you just kind of go from there. there. You know, it's kind of a touch and go kind of thing. You don't know whether it's, you know the accepted way to do it but it's not a flea market type of situation where you can just start throwing out prices at someone and think they're going to jump at them you know it's it's more reserved than that there's probably a little room in some of the pens from the vintage uh tables but not a lot so you know i think it's fair to ask You know, but I wouldn't start lowballing people or start throwing out random numbers without having a conversation and kind of setting up the plan first, um, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it's definitely allowed and I do it, you know, just like I'm going to this, you know, I'll take this next question now and I'll, I'll tell you what I did. So... The question is, can you, this is from Sherry. She said, can you fill us in on the handful of mystery pens you brought from the guy in Chicago, treasures or troubles? If any need work, will you do it yourself or send them out? So this is a case where I found a gentleman who had some older Japanese pens. And the first one I was interested in, I asked him on the price and he told me the price. And then I said, well, do you have any more similar pens? And he said, let me go through my stock. I'll bring them to you tomorrow. So he ended up with a group of pens he showed me. I s- picked out six pens. And then we kind of discussed a price. You know, that is kind of haggling. There was no hard, fast price for these pens. I was buying multiple pens. I was able to have a discussion with him to say, this is kind of what I'm thinking and we settled on a price, you know, that was kind of haggling, you know, a lot of, you know, vendors may not even have prices on their pens. So it's pretty much, you know, haggling, but you know, it's a thing you just don't want to go in guns blazing, you know, just show, you know, have conversations, you know, discuss the pens that you're interested in, you know, maybe think about them for a while, talk, check back in with them, you know, see if, you know, ask them if they have any room in the price and they'll let you know. I, I think that's kind of the way to go about it.
0: I think one of the things to think about, like, is where where is the pen coming from? Right? If it's coming mm-hmm. from a big company, you don't have room. Right? Like, the the, the right. vendor doesn't have room to, to negotiate right, the price because, right. the you know, the markup is probably already pretty small. But with some of the vintage stuff, the price is probably being set by the person who's selling it to you no one's forcing mm-hmm. the price on them
1: right right so I'll give you a, a good example of not necessarily haggling but just how prices can vary you know I've bought a few Schaefer tuckaways which are vintage small pocket pens that I really enjoy I found my first one at the Arkansas pen show that was essentially restored completely in perfect shape you know, wrote wonderfully. The filling system was, was, you know, like completely restored and I paid about a hundred bucks. I, I say about, because I don't know exactly because I bought two pins and we got like the sticker price down. So I bought that and I was happy to do it in Chicago. I found a guy with a different model that hasn't been restored And I don't know exactly what I'm getting that I paid $30 for, you know, so did I get, you know, did I overpay for the first one or underpay for the second one? Well, neither. They're completely different situations and you can't do those things one-to-one, but I was able to haggle with both just in having conversations with them about the pens and learning about the pens to understand that here's why this one's a hundred dollars and here's why this one's $30. So, you know, it's, you know, have a conversation with the vendors. They love talking. They're going to want to talk to you. And then you can just kind of go from there and feel them out, but you know, just definitely don't you know expect, you know, just understand that they're in a business as well, and don't expect them to take off a price and be upset about it if they don't want to haggle. You know, they have their reasons too. So, but I think that's a good question. It's one that comes up a lot.
0: It's so a it's a um nerve wracking experience.
1: It can be for sure. And it's definitely something that gets better over time as you get more experienced. Um, So, yeah, you can you can definitely haggle, but you kind of there is a win and a where and there's no hard, fast rules. You just kind of got to play it out, see how it goes. All right. Papa asks, is this your Papa or my Papa?
0: I think it's yours.
1: Okay, my Papa asks, I hear a lot about the pilot vanishing point, but not the Lamy dialogue. Three thoughts on this. The Pilot Vanishing Point has a much better retractable mechanism than the Laomi Dialog 3, and for half the price. That's kind of it. The Dialog 3 on its own is not a terrible pen. It's just not a great pen. It's also very expensive, and it's very wide. It doesn't fit as many people's hands as the Vanishing Point. All the way around, the Vanishing Point is a much better pen. I have the Dialog 3 I still haven't reviewed it because I rarely use it and it's just a kind of a weird, weird pen and you really have to kind of pay a lot to try one out when you can just say, buy a vanishing point and you'll be much happier for like half the cost. I mean, they're literally about half the price. So Mm -hmm. it's a cool pen. I wouldn't probably, based on my experience, I would never recommend one to anyone unless there was a very, very specific reason. All right, this, this next question, Mike from Supernat in the Slack room. She wants to know, can one be a minimalist and a pen addict? I feel like such a hoarder sometimes, and I'm compelled to buy all the things, especially limited editions, and join all the subscriptions. Is the addiction justified as long as I'm using everything? I don't even know why I'm asking this group of enablers, but it's something I've been pondering for a while. Thanks. This is an awesome question. So, I would say technically, no, <laughs> you cannot be a minimalist and a pen addict. But the way I see things, and I'm never going to say I'm a minimalist or have some kind of pure minimalist, you know, theories or anything like that. Maybe we can get Patrick Rohn on one day to talk about minimalism. But I don't have this kind of depth of obsession with other things in my life. I try to tone down other things so I'm not buying all the things of all the things, right? My obsessions are kind of limited to the pens and paper and inks, and granted, it's kind of a large obsession. But I'm not obsessed with every other thing to where nothing's getting used you know, I'm wasting money. I'm wasting time, which are things you don't want to do. I, I think this is a great question because it's a hard one to answer for me because I like to think that I'm tempered in other areas of my life so I can obsess about this one, if that makes sense. I think you ask if the addiction is justified as long as I'm using everything. I don't ever want to justify it. Like, I don't want to have to have to tell myself... This is why, you know, I'm allowed to do these things. I don't want to have that self-justification. I just want to know that I use the things and I'm happy with the things that I own. And everything that I purchase, I enjoy for these specific reasons. And everything puts a smile on my face for some reason, right? You know, I have a lot of pencils and do I enjoy picking up a certain one? Does it give me a certain feel? Does it evoke a certain feeling? You know, those are the kind of things I think about. So I don't think you can be a minimalist and be a pen addict, but I think you can meter yourself in other ways and other areas of your life to to where you can enjoy this hobby and, you know, buy all the things if that's what you want and use all the things. But um, just, you know, you do have to think about being wasteful and overextending yourself and you just want to be careful about those type of things. Do you have anything to add to this, Mike?
0: I couldn't have put it better. Like I think that that, The minimalism thing can be tricky if, like, all you're taking from it is just to have the least amount of stuff. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's necessarily like how useful that is. Like, I agree with you. Like, if it's not just piling up in boxes, like you're actually getting some use out of them, I think that that really can can be beneficial. You know, it can be tricky to like constrain yourself in such ways. Like, if this is what you like, if it's what you want to do, then great. But just be mindful of the things that are piling up and if things are piling up do something about it sell them get rid of them stop that subscription service you know that that that's the thing that i look out for personally mm-hmm. right which is why i've stopped buying extra field notes and why i've started giving more away and stuff like that to try and pair that part of my uh life down a bit
1: yep yeah so now that you said that out loud when's the last time you bought extra field notes
0: I don't remember. I, think it, I don't think I yeah, do it anymore.
1: That used to be a common occurrence for us, and now we've understand understand things are different, mm-hmm. right? You know, so yeah, that's a good example because we used to like race to always buy extra editions, just like our default. Yeah, by as the default, right? And then, you know, we had the awakening. <laughs> At some point, you don't need all that stuff, right? Even though you constantly have too much stuff so mine was the moving rather than the awakening (laughs) yes yes that's true that's true so uh that's a great question and that's something always on my mind um even though i don't you know exemplify minimalism in this industry whatsoever but um it is it is something to consider so all right this was from lorini Piston fillers is the question. When the ink runs out, do you ever continue using it with the f- without first flushing it with water? I do not. I am always a one run through of ink, clean it with water, flush it even if I'm putting the same ink back in, and Mike, you're the opposite, right? You will use the you will refill the same ink if yeah. you run it dry just put the same ink out. I, yeah. it's it's i don't have a problem with that you know if you're putting the same ink back in it immediately and not flushing it i don't have a problem with that after maybe like 3 of those fills i would flush it at some point me it's just a a personal thing um to um, to do so yeah I, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer for that I would clean it at some point though after maybe three fills that's I am I'm a very picky on my pen hygiene so I clean it out every time no matter what so Dilly asks using a pilot pen varsity for a meeting co-worker complimented my cool pen so I gave it to him have you ever done such a thing you go first
0: I can't recall a time where I've given somebody oh actually no i can all right so uh, about three four years ago i was at the xoxo festival in portland and i had a couple of retro 51s with me and my friend chase said that he really loved it so i gave it to him because you know i had a mm-hmm. bunch of them and it was it was two of the playing card ones i can't mm-hmm. remember which one it was that i gave him i think it might have been like the ace of spades or something and then, and i or maybe, I think, no, actually, I think I kept the Ace of Spades and I gave him like the King of Hearts. I had like two of gotcha. them. Gotcha. Um, just because he was really excited about it and I already had a bunch of them and I thought that he would really get a kick out of it. And to this day, he still uses Retro 51s and buys them for gifts for other people. And that's the thing that he does, which I think is really cool. But mostly what I do, which I think is of a similar ilk, is. Um, I would buy a pen for someone right like in this this yeah you know this typically would be like you know I've done it with Adina I've done it with some other friends like rather than give them my one because I usually will probably want it um, I buy mm-hmm. pens for, for people that that they seem to to be excited about
1: yeah so I've done that the buying thing I've also done the giving away thing but I've done it um, and it sounds a little bit more creepy, but I've done it in a Starbucks because there's tend to, to be lots of students there and you'll see them with like a wide range of pens and highlighting. And so I, whenever I go to somewhere to work, like if I'm going to a coffee shop to work, I'll bring extra gel pens and highlighters and, you know, I'll say, Hey, I, s- I see what you're using. I just wanted to give you these pens. You know, I have a, uh, a pen problem and these are awesome and you should try them. <laughs> And then I'll just, it's a little weird, but I've definitely You're done that two or three creepster. times. That is a creepster. That's so incredible. I make, I make sure I do it when I'm leaving so I don't have to sit around <laughs>
0: anymore. Yeah.
1: You know, I don't want to be oh too creepy God. and like go sit back down and watch them, but I'll do it. Just like, yeah, hey, it's like, hey, I just want like to give you these. You give
0: them the pens and be like, I want to sit down and watch you use it now right. for a little bit. It's just a <laughs> thing. All right.
1: Yeah, but I've absolutely done that before, like at, at Starbucks saying, hey, you should try this pen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little weird and I try not to do it unless I feel like really comfortable about doing it. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I wouldn't normally normally recommend that. But yeah, I have I have definitely done that before. And I, I used to do it at work when I worked in an office job. Mm-hmm. People would see my pens all the time. And I would I would either give them the one I was using or come back the next day. I would a lot of times they'd compliment or say something about my pen. And then I'd say, well, I have a bunch of pens. Tell me what you like. And then I'll say, OK, I'll bring you something tomorrow. I've done that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've even ordered Something that if I didn't have it and like they gave me like a set of particulars that they wanted in a pen, I've ordered something for them and brought it into them at work. I used to do that all the time. Hmm. Very much so. All right. Last STPAs for this week. It's related to knock and it's from Hot Cup of Loving. And she has two questions. One, when will the chimney top be back in stock? Later this year, I do not have an exact date. We are reworking how we do the chimney top. In the past, there have been two offerings. There's been the Chimney Top Standard, which had two pouches to fit one small pouch and one larger pouch. And the larger pouch was kind of short and stubby and it fit like gel ink pens and things like that. Then the Chimney Top XL was designed to have a long skinny pouch to fit full unsharpened black wings because that's kind of the longest unsharpened pencil. So it's kind of a pencil pouch, then another short stubbier pouch. We're redoing the chimney top to just be one product to have the one big pouch from the regular chimney top. And then the one big pouch from the XL. So you have the long pencil pouch and you'll have the big gel pen pouch. That's why they're kind of off the site right now because we're reworking it and going to do a new color and it'll be this year. I just don't know when that's not when I have a tight date for, but it is coming back in a little bit different model or a little bit different form, but it'll be kind of the two best cases from the four that were there before. So hopefully you can be patient for that and uh, it'll be, it'll be good when it's back in. It'll be more of what we want to sell instead of having two products for it. So the second part is, will you always use Kickstarter for new Notco products? No. And a perfect example of that is this fall, we're launching a probably our biggest product launch ever, and we're not doing it on Kickstarter at all. Oh, um, so we're huh. doing well. At least we're doing something that people have been asking for forever. We're launching a five, a six, and a five slim notebook covers and paper products all at one time. I had always
0: assumed that was going to be a Kickstarter campaign.
1: Nope. Interesting. So that's going to be di- that's going to be direct. So yeah. So we'll continue to use Kickstarter from time to time. Um, you know if we ever make bigger bags i don't know if that would be a kickstarter opportunity you know like backpacks or totes or anything like that in like a larger format that might be a kickstarter type thing i don't know if that's something we'll have to cross that bridge whenever we have a, a design we're happy with to to push forward on but we're doing a big brand new product launch not on kickstarter later this year so that will be that will be uh that would be very cool, and I'm interested. to see, We're both interested to see how that goes. So it won't always be a Kickstarter thing, but um, we will continue to use Kickstarter from time to time, certainly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: All right, are we done for today, Brad?
1: We are done. We have a lot more STPA. We'll keep saving those. We need to get some more in the list. So tweet at us with the hashtag TPA. We get those uh, automatically, and uh, yeah, all the questions we love to ask to answer.
0: And ask as well. Uh, we're and ask. Uh, You can find us online in a bunch of different places. You can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 260 for the show notes for this week's episode, including links to the old episodes where we did our top fives. If you want, if you really, for some reason, want to go back and check those out, you can. Uh, there is the stationary wiki. at stationary.wiki. If you want to go and fill that out, you should. We're on the subreddit slash r slash penaddict if you want to go and share some stuff there. You can find Brad online. He's dowdy as I'm well, on Twitter, He is penaddict on Instagram, and he's at penaddict.com and knock.co. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you to Storyworth and to Pen Chalet for sponsoring this week's show and helping keep the lights on around these parts. But most of all, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.